Tales of the Legion Project Podcast, Legion of Superheroes Annual 3. Hey everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of the Tales of the Legion Project podcast. I am your host, Peter, from the Daily Rios. And I am your host, Eric, from Longbox Review. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to our side project, our side podcast, Tales of the Legion Project, where we take a look at annuals, specials, miniseries, movies, current titles, anything and everything having to do with Legion. Uh, you know, and who knows, maybe some days, sometime we won't, but today it is. Uh, and as I mentioned, at least not pertaining to the main volume of Legion of Superheroes. Right. Just, just in case this is somebody's first episode. Right. right. <laughs> if this is your first episode, we, the regular Legion Project podcast, we, the num the episode number matches the title or the, yeah, the issue number. So we had to have a secondary podcast to do all of this other stuff and that's why we're doing this for annual number three this is the baxter run annual that came out in 1987 uh and we are going to follow the same format that we usually do you know synopsis general thoughts uh look at the cover the insides you know maybe some feedback etc etc uh same format you know just a, a, a different flavor to it all, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And Peter, I was looking at this uh, uh, today because I was creating the folder on my computer uh, to house the the files that we're making for this. And uh, we had for Tales episode two was annual number one. I don't mm -hmm. know if that was the Baxter was it the Baxter one? was it mm -hmm. the Baxter one because we did a uh, we did the other annual as part of the 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 main show at one point i remember that right and then uh annual two was ep episode six and now here we are episode 13 with uh yeah. with the third uh third annual right and you know if you if you we're, we're hoping that you're reading along with us or you can save it and read the issue and then listen to it or maybe you're just listening to it because you enjoy our conversations which is also awesome um it is a story. It is an annual that eventually be, I can't really say that it's about the Legion of substitute heroes. Cause it's not, it's not, <laughs> but you know, somewhere along the way, it becomes a story about that, you know? Yeah. Um, but our very first tales was the Legion of substitute heroes special. That is right. So yes. it's almost, almost like we're going back home again. In that America. infamous uh, special. Yeah. <laughs> So that I'm not a huge fan of in some ways. <laughs> oh, but you loved it. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see <laughs> if this, you know, the Legion of Substitute Heroes is always sort of there in one way or another. And we always mm -hmm. seem to come back to it. So, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting in our conversation. Well, and also um, to tie it back to some other episodes, it features some Academy. Uh, we're kind of jumping ahead, but it, but it features some Academy members. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I recall correctly, your first Legion comic, which was also one of our tales episodes about our first Legion comics um, was our featured 
heavily featured uh, some of the Academy members too, right? Yep. I have a, I have a huge soft spot for the Academy yep. when it comes to the Legion of Superheroes. So yeah. And we'll make some, I'll make some other connections as I'm sure we both will um, about, you know, various Legion stuff when we get into it. But mm -hmm. uh, we have some, we have some feedback you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the Tales episodes. That is right. So I have uh, the first one here from Matt, uh, GD Milkman on Twitter. Uh, about the live chat, he said, I really enjoyed this, especially as someone who doesn't read Legion. So there you go. It's uh, someone who uh, may not be reading Legion or hasn't read, read Legion, but uh, uh, sounds like Matt is enjoying our conversation, or at least he enjoyed the live chat. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, Jimbo Fett, uh, and this is via Mastodon, which I, I'm using more and more now mm. uh, over Twitter. But uh, Jimbo uh, Jimbo Fett um, uh, also messaged me. I, maybe it may have been part of the same message, but um, he was like, "I had basically had no idea that that uh, we did the show." And once he discovered that, he had he wanted to go back, and he's so he's catching up with us. So he's we went back to the beginning and is catching up. Uh, anyway, uh, the feedback that he sent me specifically, uh, he said, I just finished the Legionnaires three episode. So great. He said, Peter is amazing for going into the details about the time trapper. I had no idea. First of all, it's great that someone is discovering the show and jumping in. That's awesome. Especially uh, we've been doing this for what, what, five years? Five years. Five yeah. Years. Yeah. Um, and it's great that, uh, who was the first, what was the first person's name? Matt, Matt, yeah, that you know that the live chat was interesting. You know, I, I I'd have to go back and listen to that live chat, see if it's is it a a good first episode, right? Like, the, mm. does it give us flavor for the Legion project? Does it make you want to read the Legion? I mean, we also did an episode on your podcast about the Legion. It was sort of a catch-all episode, way, way, mm -hmm. way, way back. It was pretty much Legion Project episode zero in many mm. ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if that could also be a way for people who've never read the Legion. Here's a way to, you know, listen to these episodes, see what you think. See, you know, when you, especially when you hear fans of a certain franchise talk generically, does that, it's like, if I, if I would ever listen to like a bunch of Dr. Who fans <laughs> yammer about Dr. Who, would I finally start watching that show? I don't ah. know. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to listen to an episode first, which you mm. know that's not high on my list. <laughs> I'm not sliding Doctor Who. You know, it's just <laughs> it was just an example. You know, I have no right. connection right. to that series whatsoever. Uh, yeah, you could just you could have substituted Star Trek for that matter, right? Oh, or someone, no. someone. Oh who's yeah, not, sure. Yeah, sure. Right. Not not familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Great feedback. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I I I would like to have more. So if you're listening. Mm -hmm. Hey Jimbo Fett, uh, you know when you when you catch up to us, uh, make sure you send us more, yeah, more more feedback there. Where can they Matt send too. it to? It's long. It's long box review everywhere. So uh, whether it's on Mastodon or Twitter or uh, on Gmail, it's all long box review. Awesome. And you can email me Peter at thedailyrios.com. So this is Legion of Superheroes Annual 3 came out in the summer of 1987, July of 1987, just a few weeks after Legion of Superheroes 39, which we already covered. Mm -hmm. That's why we're, we're doing the Tales episode, because this is the next uh, issue that was published, you know, 
in order. We also are going to cover after the, the issue, we're going to cover the Legion of Substitute Heroes entry within Who's Who, the update from 1987, issue number three, which we didn't do last episode in issue 39 because it even it came out before the annual. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's sort of a big spoiler uh in many ways not necessarily the information but just the the idea of that legion of substitute heroes and here are the characters yeah it's kind of like a big spoiler so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well and and we've i think we've encountered that before with uh the who's who entries that we've covered uh maybe not as uh, not as much of an impact as this one necessarily but there have been a right. few other things where i was like wait a minute if i read that first then I would have known something about the story that I'm about to read. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, have you, did you ever read this issue before? No, 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 this was all new to me. Did you know what was going to happen by the end? I did not. Oh, so, you, okay. So actually you didn't read the who's who before? No, nope. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. So, so it was a complete surprise and uh, yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, that's cool. What that well, all means. Good for you. Because you, I remember when we talked in 39, you made reference of this book and about, I don't know if you said the Academy or, or what. And I was, and in my mind, I was like, oh, I don't think he knows. Maybe he doesn't know what the ending is to this. Oh, I think, I think I was reacting to the cover, which I obviously right. had seen. And we have, we had, do have a, a couple Academy members right. from, from previous issues on it. So yeah. I, I just assumed. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we dig in? Yes. Let's 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 get into it. Let's go. All right. Uh, League of Superheroes Annual Number Three. There's no substitute for the real thing. <laughs> this is by <laughs> by Paul Levitz, writer Greg LaRoque, and Mike DiCarlo, artist with Arn Star providing an inking assist. John Costanza, Costanza, letterer Carl Gafford, colorist, and Karen Berger. Uh, the editor with a cover by Ken Stacy. Uh, the logline for this uh, this issue, uh, which appeared in the uh, DC uh, uh, Deluxe Checklist, uh, which is actually on, on the inside cover of this issue, uh, can Cosmic Boy and Night Girl form a new Legion of Substitute Heroes to block the Dominator's sneak attack on Earth? You know, I guess there's a spoiler there if you read if you're reading other DC comics that have this entry in it. Anyway, here's what happened in the issue. Cosmic Boy and Night Girl spend some quality time on her home planet of Cthulhu. On Earth, Bouncing Boy takes Legion Academy students Comic Queen, the new Karate Kid, and Vizalad on a training exercise to repair the damaged Nile ir- irrigation system when they receive a Legion notification. Cosmic Boy and Night Girl have been called in by the lone science police officer stationed on Cthulhu to help with an issue with the power grid. As Night Girl explains, light and heat are so important to Cthulhu's survival, we've never had a theft affecting the power grid. They investigate and discover the thief is a dominator. Cosmic Boy decides to call in the Legion. While the Legionnaires on Earth depart to be the honor guard for the United Planets Dominators Treaty Ceremony on Weber's World, well, that's a mouthful. Bouncing Boy's team is left to man the mission monitor board. 
Almost immediately, Bouncing Boy receives Cosmic Boy's alarm signal and decides to take all but Vizilad with him to C'Thun to help. Cosmic Boy, however, isn't too happy to see the students, but decides to lead the group to stop the Dominator's plan to destroy Weber's world and start a war with the United Planets. They attack the outpost, and while they manage to damage the facility, they get sucked into a vortex that drops them into the under-dimension. Traveling through that, they find a Dominator Dimensional Control Center and confront the soldiers stationed there. From there, they proceed to the Dominator's home world, uh, uh, in which they get into a fight with more Dominators, discovering that these Dominators are a splinter group intent on warring with the UP, and in a last-ditch effort, the Dominators launch a warship to attack Earth, but Cosmic Boy is able to bring it down. A Dominator signals the Cthulhu contingent to attack Weber's world, but that threat was eliminated by the arrival of Duo Damsel and some other Academy students. Finally, back on Earth, Cosmic Boy and Night Girl discuss the approved treaty and then greet the assembled new Legion of Substitute Heroes, comprised of the five who triumphed over the Dominators plus Duo Damsel. A lot of plot in this. A lot of plot. Well, it is an annual. Yeah. Yeah. 42 pages with some pinups. Yep. With, with a pinup, I guess yep. I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It, it, there is a lot of plot. And I also, I felt like um, because it was an annual, this is just a generic note right at the top here. Um, Levitz allowed himself to, first of all, do a lot of those narrative boxes, those narration boxes mm-hmm. that we like, either, mm-hmm. whether it's from, the Galactic UP Galactica or some tour guide pamphlet or proverb poem, you know, he just went crazy with those, these issue. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just about every scene change had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Every major, yeah. Every major scene change. And then I also felt like I could also tell I was reading an annual because we've been, we talked about this before in, in a number of the other annuals and with some of the miniseries there's a slight odd vagueness as to when this takes place. Although it absolutely defines itself by the end where it takes place. Levitz isn't forthcoming with a lot of the information. There's absolutely no mention of uh, the last big event that he mentions is the universal project, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, not to say that he doesn't mention what we just read with the Superboy Superman stuff, but you read it and you're like, oh, you know, Cosmic Boy's like, oh, yeah, you know, that time trapper stuff. <laughs> like, stuff, you know, time, <laughs> the battle, battle. Like, okay. So I feel like Levitz does that a lot with these annuals. So you can read it by yourself, mm-hmm. by itself. Yeah. Standalone issue. Total standalone. You don't have to know what's going on with the book. In fact, all the Legionnaires leave Earth, right? So it's like they're not even. They're not even on the planet. It doesn't have anything to do with them. But then if you are reading it like we're reading it in chronological publishing order, it does have some narrative connection. It's very slight. Um, it's it's not what I, I... I'm still waiting for the reaction to Legion of Superheroes issue 38 to the ending of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? In some ways, even though we get a little bit of it here by the end. Um, so that made me read this and go, oh, yeah, 
This is one of those Legion annuals, Legion specials that Levitz loves to, you know, I, I half expected it to be a different artist because that, that way it does totally feel like it's not connected. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that we didn't have, um, a Kurt Swan or somebody, uh, doing this. Yeah. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been the best choice cause he just did no. that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. who could have, what if it was Keith Giffen? <laughs> that might've made it, um, a little more interesting. <laughs> might've been funnier. You know? Oh, that's yeah. That's for humor, sure. Humor might've been funnier, but although, anything. although it would have been the, the, um, uh, the attack of Keith Giffen in that case. Cause mm. you know, considering it, it has to do with a substitute heroes group. So, right. Right. Could you imagine if he, if he took that, <laughs> that same approach he did on the first one with cosmic boys team, I would, I would be done with Giffen done. Or maybe he would have been smart. Maybe he would have been <laughs> wily and, and done a whole 180 and just made it, yeah. you know, that, that they were the most competent, right? Yeah. Because it is cosmic boy, you know, <laughs> But anyway, that's speculation. So um, where do you want to start with general thoughts or the cover? Uh, I, I sort of gave my. Yeah. yeah. Let's just go continue with that. Um, okay. So um, as far as kind of my reaction to it, uh, I, I, I really like, I, you know, Cosmic Boy is one of my favorite Legionnaires anyway. And so anytime that we get to see him and, and you know, he's, He's been around, but there hasn't been a whole lot of real focus on him. Other, you know, just real quick scenes here and there. Basically, him and Night Girl um, not being part of the Legion, right? Mm-hmm. And so having him here, uh, and more importantly, seeing him interact with his girlfriend, his longtime girlfriend, Night Girl, now on her home planet, uh, I, I just thought that was really nice to see. You know that personal touch uh uh regarding the legionnaires you know they have they have lives outside of the legion um uh and so you know we get to see him uh, not only that but that we also get to see him lead a small team mm-hmm. which i can't even remember the last time we saw something like that uh involving him specifically um uh, uh but then we get to the end and we get this new subs team right and it's like this big fanfare event and you think that that there's going to be something else coming along the way, and maybe there is. I don't know uh, because there, you know, there's still a few issues between now and when I pick up uh, that I'm more familiar with down the down the down the road. Um, I, as far as I remember, there's not much at that point where I rejoined the <laughs> Legion. There's not much involving the, the subs here. So my guess is, Peter, and you know, you feel free to spoil me if you want. Um, this doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does it lessen the story for you then knowing if, if, if that pans out to be that way or does uh, it maybe a little bit? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, stuff in the Legion kind of comes and goes and not all the plots that, uh, subplots that Levitz has thrown at us. Uh, I feel like we've gotten a good resolution to. And and that's okay. I you know I don't I don't need every subplot to be resolved in a in a you know complete and satisfactory manner. Um, uh, but it just it's Cosmic Boy and this there's a new subs team and it's different and and the the personalities involved. I, I just the potential for some interesting stories involving these characters is. I mean he he put it in there. 
Yeah. He, 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 they got it there. They, they could do something with this. And, you know, I, I can't remember if it was something that I read in, uh, the letter column reactions to this annual, or if it was something else that I read recently, but, uh, Levitz had said something about in response to one of the letters or a letter, I should say, um, that, uh, basically, uh, there's so much to focus on with the Legion itself that, you know, we probably, they probably, he probably would not focus on whatever that other thing was, whether it's the subs or some other group of, of, you know, Legion adjacent characters. And, uh, and so, but so I, when I was, when I was thinking about this, this uh, potential quality or lack thereof, I was thinking of that, Mike, he's not going to do anything with these, with these, <laughs> these characters that he's thrown together yeah. in this annual. So, eh. yeah. And I, I've been keeping in the back of my mind the whole notion that he thought he was going to be out with issue 50. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. But then obviously he stays to issue 63. Mm -hmm. He is not, he's all about spinning off if they deserve it. Cosmic Boy had a miniseries, which we talked about in a Tales. We talked about Legionnaires 3. So they clearly have enough pull and he has enough pull and the book is popular enough that if they wanted to do a legion of substitute here maybe another special down the road or a miniseries mm -hmm. would it have worked did he just know plans were going to wrap up did he not want to hand it off to anybody like does he want to hold these characters you know like um yeah there's a lot of there is some some potential and there's a lot of what ifs when it when you think about like what it could mm. have been um well i like to think that uh since you brought it up i i like to think that maybe he had like a special in mind or maybe a mini series that he would he would develop between now and issue 50 and it just maybe just never got off the off the ground so or using them in a storyline in yeah. a major in a major way mm -hmm. you know it's a little odd to mix concepts that mix the legion academy with the substitute i you know that i don't know how i feel about that yeah that is interesting yes yeah, yeah. like the academy is supposed to be a way to train younger heroes i thought as a line to the main team yes the substitute heroes are like the unofficial uh calvary if you want to mm -hmm. say or the mm -hmm. unofficial you know uh, they're like minor leagues. No, no, they're not like the minor leagues. The academy is like the minor leagues. You know, like I don't know what <laughs> they're like a, a bootleg <laughs> franchise. You know, because they're, they're they're like the arena football to the NFL. <laughs> no, that that's not right either. I have no idea. Sports, <laughs> sports. So, but now you have a team within the school. So, like. Yeah. Wow. Does that make them extra special? You know, what do the other Academy members think of now? Not only do they want to be yes. a legion, legion of superheroes, they want to be a legion of substitute hero. That was one of my major questions yeah. uh, that I had. I had a uh, position at the end of my notes to, yeah. to, to talk about. So yeah, that's the dynamics of this particular sub team. Pardon the pun. Um, it, it, it's just rife with internal conflict and, right. and jealousy and, right. and, you know, whatever. And just, I'm sure it doesn't go anywhere. It's almost like we really should have had a Legion Academy book. And then you could have, mm. you could have had some of this 
stuff in it, some of this drama yeah. in it. And he's Levitz touches on the academy quite often. You know, he bounced like one of the things I liked about this. You talked about subplots. I actually like that he used Cosmic Boy because he put Saturn Girl back into the Legion. The, the Trinity, ever since issue twelve, they they they've been on this semi-retired, rotating. Um, oh, right, rotating permanent advisor. Mm, right. right. So the three of them have a special designation, and we've seen Saturn Girl with that because of the whole sensor girl stuff but then also the universal project and now she becomes a member and now this feels like this is cosmic a way for levitz to do something other with cosmic boy even though he had a miniseries mm. mm-hmm. and then my question at the end of it was okay now when is lightning lag gonna yeah get his turn exactly right? yeah um so the although although i guess legionnaires three was kind of that to some degree yeah but yeah yeah, but i i I see your point yeah it should there should be something else right right and i think we do get something down the road so there's the whole thing that you mentioned cosmic boy and night girl they've been in this series they've been a couple um as we see in this issue she she's been trying to get him to rejoin the legion maybe because saturn girl rejoined and it's almost like you know she got her powers to land herself cosmic boy as a boyfriend if she couldn't join the legion she managed to get a legion to join her in a way you know like this whole (laughs) legion of substitute like she's back in the subs but it's one step closer to the legion you know right that's an interesting dynamic yeah so just the fact that he's been using cosmic boy and night girl this idea of the permanent rotating like he wants to give the trinity something to do okay Mm -hmm. so we get that with this issue and as I said, that goes all the way back to Legion of Superheroes 12. Actually, it goes even further. Um, and then the other thing it connects to is the character of Mig. He finally is, maybe the story was because he needed to do something with that character. Because mm-hmm. Mig has been around since issue 13. And then we saw him in issue 15. And then we saw him at the Academy in issue 24. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you're introducing a legacy character like that, Karate Kid number two, um, you got to give him a story somewhere. So I feel like, okay, then that's another, not necessarily a subplot, but he's been hanging around ever since that issue with Timberwolf. And now he finally gets to do something. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a fine issue. I think as I was reading it, I only really did one read of it. And I was taking notes. I would read a couple pages, take notes, read a couple. I was like, okay. By like midway through, I was like, mm, okay, this is not, isn't, there's no need to do a time trapper deep dive for me. There's no need to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fine story. I see where it's going. Uh, I already knew the ending. Okay, fine. Yeah. Oh, even the Dominator stuff is actually a little bit of a holdover from the Universal Project mm-hmm. and Ambassador Relnick. Um, so it has a purpose. It does have a purpose, and I'm thankful for that. There's a couple of things I can check off the subplot list. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sp- speaking of the Dominators, uh, just so you know, I there is a little bit of history uh, that I that I'm uh, going to touch on uh, regarding okay. them. That 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 does tie directly to this. Did you read Adventure Comics? What is it? Three o whatever three something. Their first appearance. Yes, I did. 
Okay. I was going to, and I did not. So <laughs> you did your homework. I did not. All right. Before we dig into the rest of the book uh, in a little more detail, why don't we take a look at the cover featuring a new artist mm-hmm. to the Legion, uh, Mr. Ken Stacy, who will be doing more covers in the future as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. What do you think of the cover? I quite enjoyed this. You know, you okay. get, you get, uh, you get uh, uh, comic queen, cosmic boy, night girl, karate kid, and uh, bouncing boy in this. Uh, basically, it's a pose cover, but it's, uh, it, it almost looks, uh, I want to say painted, but not, I'm not sure if that's uh, quite accurate. I'm not sure what, what medium is used here, but um, it's, it's very colorful. It, it's, it, it's very different from anything else that we've seen so far on this run of the Legion. So mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed this. Yeah. I would, I would think it's probably painted on some level because it's not like they had computer coloring that could do the mm. coloring like that. That's true. And when you look at some of his origin, his biography, you know, he was an illustrator, and you look at some of his later works, and they do feel very painted. So I'd be mm, surprised mm-hmm. if it wasn't. But uh, it's an interesting composition. It's not realism. It's it's has this shiny quality to it, right? Yep. The, yep. All the different metal that gets reflections. I love the use of Comic Queen's trail as kind of a guide to the composition. Mm-hmm. It's circular. Uh, spiral heading all the way back to the globe. Um, yeah, it's unique. It's a little, it's a little dark on the printed page. Uh, I don't know necessarily how well it would stand out among other books, but um, it's it's very different from what we're used to. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I have a a few points about Stacy's work since this is the first time that we've encountered him on the Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause I, I honestly didn't know this. All I knew what, of, of Stacy's work are the, the covers he did that I've seen, um, mostly for Legion. There was, uh, one for the new team Titans, uh, issue 47 that mm-hmm. I, I do remember distinctly. Um, uh, but probably my first exposure to his work would have been uh, the Wanderers number one yeah. that I picked up many years ago. Uh-huh. Um, uh, he has, however, he has he had worked on Astro Boy for Now Comics and Johnny Quest for uh, Kamiko. And uh, I think if if my if my information is correct, his first DC cover art was for Electric Warriors number ten. And then just a few years from now, in terms of publication of this annual, um, uh, DC released his miniseries, Tempest Fugitive. Yeah. Did you ever read that? No. I haven't either. I've seen it. I saw house ads. I never picked it up at the time. Uh, I wasn't really reading much comics in 1990. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of missed me. And then finally... Uh, Aaron from Indianapolis in the letter column put this cover in his top five of the Baxter series. Wow. Top five. What do you think about that, Peter? No. <laughs> I like it. I don't like it that much. Top top 10? No. Really? No. I, 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 would, I, would, ju- I would just say it's very distinctive for this book. So. Right, right. 
Yeah, that's that's been in my notes for a while to do a a, a favorite cover, you know, episode for us or segment. You know, we'll have to mm-hmm. we'll have to. I, I thought about doing it when we reach the halfway point, but at this point, we might as well wait till we're done. You know, and then you know, <laughs> years from now, we can do. All right, give me your top ten or top five favorite covers of the entire run. A, but a this, post, this would a post run episode. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. <laughs> When we're sad and we have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's okay. good. And, there, and there's like a futuristic quality to it mm-hmm. as well. You know, I, I'm I'm not downplaying the, what I appreciate of this cover. Um, from what I remember of some of the covers coming up from him, there's other ones that I prefer. Hmm. Um, oh, I'll have to keep that in mind then. Yeah. But it's nice to see someone different. And yes. Uh you know, DC probably wanting wanting to play around with different ways to do covers, maybe. And, um, you know, Perez did one of those New Teen Titan annuals, I think the, the very first one, I think, uh, where they're often um, with the Omega Men and all that. Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. a painted cover. Yes. And did a few other ones as well for the Baxter yep. series, you know. So, okay. Yeah, great. There was an, there was an early Hulk issue that he did right before this, that I did oh. collect when I looked at his cover gallery, I was like, oh yeah, I had that Hulk issue. Hmm. So yeah, not totally fine. Doesn't give anything away for the story. Um, it, but yet it, it, okay. These are the characters you're going to read about. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. How do you want to go about discussing this annual? Because I don't know if I have much to say. I mean, the the, <laughs> the bulk of it is is their their little adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. Know, we could just quickly go through it scene by scene, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So the first four pages is is uh, colossal boy, colossal boy. <laughs> Wrong episode. Boy. Yeah, really. Cosmic <laughs> boy and night girl on Cthulhu. Um. What I took away from this scene is that Levitz is really good at setting up a book. You know, we got their names, we got their purpose, we got the reason why they came together. We have some slight idea about what's going on in Cosmic Boy's life at the time. And another reason I really pointed that out is because I've been reading some modern comics that do a very piss poor job of that. (laughs) And, And it was so nice to actually see that within this first scene. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, we know all this stuff, obviously, because uh, we've been reading this this book. But mm-hmm. it doesn't. It never comes across as as um, uh, too didactic. It, mm-hmm. it 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 does seem conversational, and you it's a they he does it. Uh, uh, Levis is very deft at conveying that information in a, a natural sounding way. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's very well done. You're right. The more modern comics don't do that very well. No. What do you think about, um, I guess, Night Girl in this scene? Greg LaRocque loves to draw women. <laughs> That's true. Very true. She's for someone. Well, no, I was going to say for someone who has come across in stories past as a bit of a wallflower. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a bit of, uh, a bit passive in some ways. I mean, she, she sort of, because she did pursue cosmic boy. 
Um, she got her powers because she wanted to join the Legion so that she could be with, did I say power boy, cosmic boy? I don't know what I said now. Um, you know, so she, she, there was, there always, there's always, there was always something to this character that they never really explored early on with her. Uh, it was just more of a, a, a convenience uh, of uh, to explain her motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, and here, I think we get kind of more the same of, of that. I don't mean it in the way that these words are usually used together, but passive aggressive, you know, she's, she, she's playful with her boyfriend. Uh, but there's that scene where, you know, he's, he's kind of, uh, teasing her. Uh, he says, unless you don't care about me now that I'm not a dashing legionnaire anymore. And, and she grabs his, I don't know, a floating disc, magnetic floating disc. Cause he can use, he can, uh, uh, use his, his magnetic powers to, to move it, uh, but grabs it and cracks it, uh, but telling him, of course, I still love you, even if I did try to talk you into rejoining. And just, but there's, but just the way that LaRoque drew that particular panel, she is a bit menacing. It comes, <laughs> comes across just a little bit menacing too. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's how I took it. There's something in her care, or there could be something in her character that is never explored. I'm just, I'm just mm. riffing on this, but the, the notion that she gets more powerful in in darkness mm -hmm. um also tends to i i wonder and, and we're on her home planet which is in perpetual darkness right mm -hmm. so with her with her strength what does that do to her mentally you know does she become so another person a, a bit way? of a, a bit of a hulk situation yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's a good point i that i see that would make her even more interesting to me than, than she's already being portrayed here. Right. So instead of maybe aggression, it's more confidence and, and mm -hmm. I mean, she, she has the owl as her symbol. They're not, they're not the nicest creatures sometimes, you know, they're predatory <laughs> in many ways. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't really, you really don't think about owls in that way. They, they usually just appear docile up and up in the, up in the tree, right? Mm -hmm. But but they're up there looking for their food. Yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. Somebody could make make a, a cool story about that if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to point out. I love the way that the artists um, portray the Cthulhu sun, the blocked sun, the mm -hmm. eclipsed sun, uh, and a few a few pages throughout the annual here. You know, it's it's very simple. It's just it's just circles, but it, it really just evokes this idea of this this planet being in perpetual darkness. Yeah, the splash page is a good establishing shot. I felt, mm -hmm. and this is probably the most information that we've learned about Cthulhu in any Legion comic. Probably, I don't yeah, know. That's true. You know, uh, the only other thing I want to I want to point out because this comes up multiple times. In uh, not and not not just in this annual, but in other appearances that Night Girl has had, where she seems to be trying to talk Cosmic Boy into rejoining the Legion, right? And 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 it's it's very prominent in this issue, but, but we have read that before, and I found that perplexing, I guess, because she doesn't while she makes these comments, and that's I guess that's also where I, I'm kind of getting that passive aggressiveness from her. 
because she makes these comments about him rejoining. But as soon as he rebuffs her, he, she's like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that last on page four, that last page of that first scene, seriously, why won't you consider going back? She says, and then he answers, this is the, the thing he talks about the time trapper and, um, uh, he, uh, Cosmic Boy wants to work on, you know, getting that all squared away. What, what kind of changes that time trapper may have done. Um, and so, you know, he's basically at they, the, between the Legion and the Academy and whatever they, they've got it covered. And, she, and her response is none as cute as you fella, uh, concerning the, the, the Legion. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, she, she's kind of drops it. <laughs> Yeah, but it keeps coming up, and then we get the the end result, right? Right. Uh, like you said before, you know, she she gets she gets something along those lines. So maybe maybe that's enough. And maybe that's a, a a little misstep on Levitz's part that we're not really seeing what she's seeing. Maybe she's seeing Cosmic Boy, and he's restless. Of course, I mean, yeah. They're only in there. You know, he's probably in his early twenties. He can't retire now. You know, it's too soon. <laughs> you know, so. I think the more interesting thing about that page is what he's talking about. Although Levitz is not going to touch on it in this issue. I haven't squared away all of the misconceptions time trapper created about our history. I won't mind working on that for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, I want that. That's what yeah, I want. I want exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That. So. Oh, see right there. That's a, either that's a, a running subplot through the, 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 the issues coming up next leading up to issue is it 50 where they have the, the big, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Um, uh, or, or a separate mini series that is a tie in to that. Yeah. That they are. T- oh, it's too bad. Then the next couple pages, we get uh, a training scenario with bouncing boy and a few recruits from the Legion Academy. A few members, we have comic queen who we've seen before Mig, who is now going by karate kid with a new costume. Mm-hmm. And Vizalad, who is making his first appearance as they try to uh, work on a um, irrigation system that's running wild. Um, basically, Levitt's showing us who these who the characters are going to be, uh, you know, in the rest of the of the book. Um, we've seen we've seen thing it scenes like this before. People going off. It's like they always you know some public work system is crashing down because of years, centuries, the, of, you know, as I say, the, the infrastructure of 31st century <laughs> or 30th century earth at the, uh, in the series is, is just not great. Slowly crumbling. <laughs> kind of like the modern U S yeah. So, uh, uh, a comic queen kind of has a slightly different costume, yes, right. With does. the, with that kind of sash looking thing going across her. Yeah. Not a fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I was going to ask you specifically, what do you think about the change to Karate Kid's costume? Yeah, and I went back and looked in the the other one, and and it still has the similar design. You know, the red mm-hmm. and black coloring, the the, mm-hmm. the markings, the sim, the you know whatever those markings are. Um, the original look was a little probably too close to the original Karate Kid with the the flared collar and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but it it had an interesting design. It almost looked like the black markings on the chest was like a, a demon of some sort. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, this doesn't quite have that same feel. Um, 
I, I don't mind the mask. I don't understand why someone would need the I, mask. I, that, that was my point in my notes too. Is like, why is he wearing a mask? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, there probably was a better option somewhere along the way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and poor Vizalad. I thought it was interesting. This, this character with uh, basically he's, we only get to see him use. Well, we actually only get to see him use one of his visual powers, but he does mm-hmm. mention the other one uh, in his first panel, first appearance. Um, but he's basically, he basically has um, like, you know, uh, I'll just say Superboy visual powers, or at least that it, it, it's, it's heavily implied. He's got more than just telescopic, uh, what he calls, what, what do you call it? Maxi, maxi optic, and then his thermal optic, which is heat vision. So not necessarily inspired it's not an inspired <laughs> we've seen other so why but so then why why even introduce a new character why not yeah, why not it, include uh one of the existing you know more non-essential uh legion academy members he had to have somebody to leave behind in that next sure you know in the next scene so mm-hmm. you leave behind the guy who's not gonna really i don't know because well, they all some of them come across very clumsy, except for Meg, you know, but he's a little headstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say this was a very successful mission. You know, Comic Queen, her she's her her attention span is all over the place. Vizalad's not really in control of his powers, you know. Um, it's sort of unfortunate that every time we see something like this, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's maybe it speaks to Bouncing Boy. Maybe he's not that great of a teacher. <laughs> I had not considered that, but I think you're right. Yeah, he's uh, he doesn't well, and especially there's there's a there's a scene coming up here where it's like that is not the way to speak to a student. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. So maybe I think you're right, but yeah, the 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 whole, I mean, the, uh, bouncing boy clearly states here. I was gonna say I thought maybe he he said he convinced them, but anyway, the science police will let us try try to handle this as a practical training exercise uh, if you can repair the pumping station quickly enough. Um, but we don't see that. We don't see them repairing anything. In fact, MIG actually damages the system by by uh, uh, unstopping the drain, by busting through it. Uh, so, you know, they, they actually failed in their objective. <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe <laughs> Bouncy Boy is probably not the best especially field instructor uh, point of order though. Um, they get, they get this signal on their Legion flight rings, which mm-hmm. confuses them. What is that for? Yeah. It's a little confusing. Like, uh, Oh, 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 that's for, for, I think that's for polar boy calling them back because all the Legionnaires were going to go away. Yes. That's, what, that's the only thing I can sort of connect it to. Uh, and I agree, but but given that the next scene that we're going to get into, what we see is Cosmic Boy uh, sending out the signal. Right. You know, quite honestly, I, I read that as, oh, they they all got the signal. They all got his his alarm signal. Right. But then that you go to the, the next scene after this, and then it's, it becomes very clear. It's just, yeah. to me, that's a, that's a, a confusing little uh, plot element that could have been smoothed over a little better. So then pages eight through 11, we are back on Cthulhu. There's a, um, a mystery of, of, you know, energy being 
sucked away. Um, and Cosmic Boy and Night Girl are investigating, and that's where they stumble upon, oh, look, Dominators on, on Cthulhu. What? Um, <laughs> this sequence, uh, you know, to go back to what I said about Paul Levitz using this book to kind of talk about various locations, we also get some of that from Cosmic Boy, too. But if I was Night Girl, I would have bopped him in the head. He's, you know, he seems to suggest that Cthulhu is not as advanced as Earth. He calls it a backwater. Um, he says that, you know, I can understand that this was a more developed world. He says there's less industry on this world than on Earth. Um, uh, you know, I can totally see where, obviously, there's different levels of technology all over the world. But this is your girlfriend's, you know, hometown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's up there. Yeah, he, he he comes across as as mostly annoyed in this scene. Yeah, um, but that he's even, I, and I wasn't sure is is he is he just uh, kind of upset because uh, their little vacation or you know uh, relax relaxation time has been interrupted for this uh, silly little uh, power uh, anomaly. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he says it later. He's like, ah, we'll just wait here until. The Legionnaire show up. I'm all, I'm, I resign. I was like, what? That's not yeah. cosmic boy. Right. That's it. That seemed out of character to me as well. Yeah. It, 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 so in other words, it's, it's really just a plot contrivance to, to progress it in a certain way. Right. 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 But what I, what I do like about this scene, and I, I totally agree with you. She, my girl should have super strength smacked him upside the head there. Um, but we get to see cosmic boy using his powers in a slightly different way than we've seen mm -hmm. uh, by let's see. He's uh, I'll try. He says, I'll try projecting a magnetic pattern of my own because uh, well, that, that it's a whole lot less industry since Cthulhu's got much less industry than earth and a weaker magnetic field, then he's going to project this pattern. And then he says all concentrations of electrical energy affect magnetic fields, especially ones as great as the one the police, the science police officer was worrying about. And so he's able to detect the, the warping of the, the magnetic forces and, and pinpoint uh, the area where this is going on. So I thought that was a really cool, uh, actually scientific way to, to, um, to use his abilities. And, mm -hmm. and this is not the only, there's another thing he does as well. Um, I, I think, I'm not sure where exactly it is at this moment, but there's something else that I noted uh, where he's using his his magnetic powers just a little differently than we've seen before, and so I thought that was really cool, given that it is really kind of a, a cosmic boy spotlight. Yeah, maybe that's where his annoyance comes in because you have to start him at that place of like, no, I don't want this life, so that by the end he's like, okay, <laughs> maybe I do want this life as long as it's under my terms, right? And under you know, yeah. Well, if that's the case, they that was not uh, that was not strong enough. No, no. <laughs> Anything else with that sequence? No, uh, other than on page 10, the, j yet another uh, uh, Eclipse Sun panel, which I just, I, for some reason, I really like. And the coloring with the, with the, 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 the purple mm -hmm. and, 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 the, and the, the blacks that they're using, just, I just, it just looks really cool. Right. Learning about moon bats, the sacred creature on Cthulhu. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Of she almost she, 
She's you have to have almost like a, a Batman pose there. Oh, I was gonna say you have to have something about bats in a in a <laughs> night scene, right? Yeah. It's DC comic. But you're right. That is, I hadn't noticed that. That is kind of a the way your cape is flaring there. It is kind of a a, a, a Batman like pose. Yeah, or Batgirl or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then you know, like as we said, the the Academy members wind up at the. Legion headquarters, all the legionnaires, Paul Levitt's got, he has, he's got to get them out of the book because they're not important to the story. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they get the alert and they wind up with Cosmic Boy. Um, this is probably that scene where you're talking about Bouncing Boy being quite rough with, although they've had that, they had that short story together, you know, so he should almost be familiar with what the, the way Comic Queen is. Yeah, he, he seems overly and perhaps uncharacteristically um, terse with her. Yeah. Shut up, yeah. Comic Queen. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> Listen or leave. Yeah, he. it's like it's almost like when he, when he comes back to uh, the clubhouse, he has to, he feels like he has to uh, um, behave a certain way or, or um, appear more... I don't know, in control or I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, it, you can almost extrapolate that kind of a, a behavioral change because he's, st- you know, he's not at the Academy. He's right. at, at the big house now. So, right. right. And then promptly leaves and leaves, the, <laughs> leaves everything with Visalad. <laughs> what? Right. So, okay. So we had, I can't remember which issue it was, but it was a recent issue. Are actually two issues because we carried over where Polar Boy, leader of the Legion, was second guessing himself about certain things. Right, so uh, a bunch of Legionnaires wanted to go off and and um, uh, oh boy, I'm blanking, Peter. What was it they wanted to go take care of? And and Polar Boy was like, no, no, we need to leave some Legionnaires behind in case Earth gets attacked. Oh, right? that's and, the time trapper. Yeah, time. Oh yeah. Okay, and, and so. So, you know, we, we saw, like I said, over the course of two issues, he's, he's had separate conversations with different legionnaires about that situation. And then what does he do? He sends everybody off earth. I don't care that it's, <laughs> that it's this big, uh, uh, UP dominator treaty thing. I mean, that seems really stupid and, and, un, and again, uncharacteristic given what we've already seen or already have been shown. Yeah, that's Levitt's doing shorthand. Yes, you know, and and not the good kind is is my point. (laughs) Because he's got to set up someone back at the headquarters so that he can set up the ending Mm -hmm. reveal of you know the people Mm -hmm. that saved the day and right. Yeah, right. But yeah, this this is what I was referring to earlier. Poor Vizalad, he he gets left behind at the mission monitor board, which is kind of funny though. I mean. You know, Visalad watching the monitor board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, for for a, a little gag, I, I guess it's okay. And we do get a resolution for Cosmic Boy in the next scene of, you know, him being Mister Grumpy Pants because he's still not happy with the cap members that show up. But then he's like, "Wait a minute, you're more you're well trained more than we were when we started this. You're a little bit older. Um, yes, I should absolutely have." I should be totally okay with, yeah. with, if you're going to be the people that I have to, you know, depend upon. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're not totally powerless. I mean, comic queen, you know, yeah, I mean, I get it. They're not, it's not Monel, but 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I particularly like that that uh, that scene um, that we get with him. With you know, he's basically trying to to talk uh, everybody out of doing anything and and waiting for you know, quote unquote, the real legionnaires mm-hmm. um, to, to save the day. But then, yeah, he's like, "Wait a minute, what am I saying?" So I, I appreciated that um, that bit of um, self actualization, no, self realization. There we go. Yeah. About about the situation. Oh, and then after he says, I just noticed this, Peter, I, I, I just kind of, I guess, skipped over this part, but so he, he says that bit and night girl immediately goes over to him and hugs him and she's got her leg up. I, I think, I know what that, that old, um, kind of sexist pose where women kick their heel up when, when they mm-hmm. get kissed by the guy, but I mean, they're not kissing. That's not what they're, what they're showing. So it's kind of weird, but but she's rewarding him for his engagement now, I guess it's, right. it's, kind of, it's kind of, it's their relationship. I'm, I'm realizing from this annual is, is kind of strange and, and also interesting. She wants it. She want she wanted to be the girlfriend of a legionnaire, not somebody who's retired. Yeah, that's true. Some of the dominator stuff is, you know, I, I really didn't take a lot of notes with the dominator stuff. There's, they're, they're they're still in in the way Levitz handles them, the way they're drawn. They're not quite the dominators that I know from like invasion and certainly not from five years later, you know. Mm, so mm-hmm. they're still um they have many of the same things. They have the caste system, they they there's a faction that wants peace. That's the the faction that's with Relnik, but then everybody, you know, there's certain members on the home world that don't want peace they want war you know and that's what they're right. trying to trigger they're trying to trigger this whole war thing um yeah i wanted that i as i was reading i was like oh yeah they're still eh, they're not quite there yet to the dominators that i kind of enjoy you know? yeah yeah well so here's where i i i took um took a path down the down legion history mm-hmm. and so because uh that on this is page 17 at the bottom the dominators walk in and uh, the leader of the group says, legionnaires, what a pleasure to see you again. Again. I'm so I had to, I had to look it up. And um, so we have the dominators first appearing in adventures, adventure comics, 361. And they had a very different appearance back then. They were, they were blue, light blue skinned. They did have the discs, but they were at least the, the initial group that we saw. I think, I think, think they all had the same the same size but but the disc color was no that i think the disc color was white light blue skin with white discs their mouths were kind of similar uh now they're light yellow skinned with red discs of various sizes mm-hmm. um in that story in adventure comics 361 uh they there the it, the issue talks about there was a war between uh, says political factions uh that came to an end when the dominion sought a truce. Uh, <clears throat> later, Goltan, the leader of the delegation, tells the Legion that the Dominators are a product of, and this is the, the delegation that the Legionnaires were escorting uh, to uh, sign a, an, a peace treaty. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Uh, d- the Dominators are a product of millions of years of controlled evolution, superior t- taught to be superior to all others whose sole purpose is to conquer and extend the dominion. Uh, 
So uh, even back then in issue 361, they were um, uh, defined in that way, which I, you can, you can glean that from the way the dominators present themselves in, in uh, these issues that we've, we've encountered them, maybe not to the fullest extent or, or not as directly as, as uh, in their first appearance. But uh, that, that, that seems to have been carried over through the years. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, they were, the Legion was asked to escort the Dominion delegation to the peace talks. Uh, oh, the idea of the disc size signifying rank or position was in that original story. So that's carried through. The way back to Earth was through, uh, I believe Brainiac 5 calls it the 10th, or, or, or him or Superboy, uh, the 10th dimension via a dimensional warp machine. And Brainiac 5 refers to that as a sub-dimension. Uh, distances are all out of proportion with our own. Here we can journey 500 miles overland and re-enter our own dimension billions of miles from our starting point. Right. That'll come up in the back half of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, just a couple more things. Uh, in that original story, uh, there were some assassins who were trying to stop the Legion and that delegation. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that, uh, spoilers, uh, that was led by the former Dominion leader who did not want to have peace, whereas uh, uh, presumably a majority of his people did. Again, sounds familiar. Um, and then uh, we do get a, a, a another appearance by the Dominators in Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes number 243, which was part of the Earth War story. Hmm. And uh, the reason I point that out is because the Dominators are once again back at the negotiation table with the UP to avoid a war between them and the, and the Kuns. Uh, there they are yellow skinned with the red discs. So that's where we get that. Okay. Uh, and much like this, where the dominators say, what a pleasure to see you again. Um, in that story, uh, the dominators specifically, uh, say to, I think it's Relnick as well, if I remember correctly, that they trust the Legion based on their previous encounter with them in adventure comics. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, but then at the end of that earth war story, the dominators in the UP, and it's, it's very distinctly referred to, uh, they sign a thousand year peace treaty. So I guess treaties in the 30th century are, you know, no better than, uh, the ones that get signed in the 21st. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it would just, it's just, uh, I don't know if it's just people forgetting or, 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 you know, what about, about the history of the dominators, but, um, or they're just, you know, political instability that, that, that is not directly put on in the story or on the page, but, uh, apparently the dominators have a problem with, uh, the UP and, and they keep having to go back to the, the peace treaty table. Hmm. And it's not the first time Levitz has used a story that like this, that adventure comic story was uh, you know, from the summer of 1967. So it was 20 years prior to this one. Mm-hmm. And he's done that before where like mm-hmm. something was 10 years before he decides to do a story. So I almost think he's doing it on purpose in many ways. Bouncing Boy was part of that original story. So was right. Karate Kid, the original mm-hmm. Karate Kid. So it's not, I don't think it's uh, uh happenstance and coincidence. I think he's really hitting that home. 
I, in fact, I think he's deliberately trying to retell some of these stories yeah. in a modern, with a modern uh, viewpoint, I guess. Right. We, we thought that about the Universal project. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of, a lot of repetition Yeah, that, that he's, he's employing here. They don't necessarily come across too menacing. I mean, you know, when the, when the, uh, I mean, I'll just call them the subs when the subs battle them, you know, pages 19, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Like this whole sequence when they eventually get sucked into that little warp thing, um, you know, they're not super menacing. They're not, you don't need Monel for them. Um, the characters, they, they do fine. You know, Night Girl does fine. Karate Kid does fine. Bouncing Boy comes across oddly. Again, he's a teacher of a school that's teaching these people how to be superhuman. He doesn't come across so skilled. And I thought it was an interesting read because of, you know, under Bendis's watch, he's quote unquote, the strongest legionnaire. Mm, you know, he's mm-hmm. bouncing out in space, taking out spaceships, you know, and in here he can't even handle so you know okay so he has a projectile being fired at him well isn't he bouncing boy shouldn't it just like bounce off him you know right uh, yeah i don't know well and and how odd that a a 31st century weapon uses a metallic projectile right. how convenient right right it just it just seems like a uh uh a conflict that didn't need to be there in the first place that's an annual man. He's got to stretch out these. these <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Very true. And the way they look, the the whole bobblehead look when they're getting sucked away into that warp thing. That's there's a, a bunch of sequences here and a bunch of imagery that, and I've said it before that LaRoque is not the strongest when it comes to design sometimes. And that there's that whole thing. I was like, uh, that could have been done better. I think. I actually like that little panel yeah, of uh, yeah, that, that. Would you say the bobblehead look? Okay. Yeah, I mean, look I at Cosmic of, Boy. He's a, he's a bobblehead. I mean, it, it it it's it's it borders on caricature. Yes. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the depiction of of them being stretched through space time in okay. this vortex. But but I but I totally agree with you generally about about the art. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, you already mentioned um, uh, the. The Legionnaire, you know, Cosmic Boy remembers the previous mission here, which Bouncing Boy was on. Interesting that, that um, uh, you know, I, I said before, they call it a, a sub-dimension or the 10th dimension. Um, but he, but here, for some reason, Levitz is calling it the under-dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, I mean, you know, it, mean, it means the same thing. Right. Um, and then I mentioned that Cosmic Boy... Cosmic Boy is using his powers to do uh, do things different or do things in an interesting way. Uh, page twenty six, you know, they're in the under dimension. They're trying to figure out where they're going because you know they they could be walking for days and not be any closer to where they want to be. Um, fortunately, thank goodness, Mig was there because plot contrivance. Um, they use uh, he said uh, what on. Where, where was that? What was that, that planet or uh, area that he was originally from? Lethal. Le- yeah. Uh, they use the Ender dimension uh, to travel. And so he knew a little bit about it. And um, uh, Cosmic Boy uses his, his cosmic powers to uh, basically 
read the magnetic lines of the various places that are connected to the inner dimension. So then, then they have a, a way forward. So right. again, a uh, nice little, little bit of uh, power play there. Yeah. I think it's smart that Levitz is using MIG in these ways um, because he does have the connection. He, he has that familiarity, but if you are going to showcase these characters, you got to give them some reason to oh, sure. warrant being, yep. you know, the sub, you know, mm-hmm. he's certainly the most competent if his, maybe not yes. so much his attitude, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely this, um, hmm, the, the strongest in terms of confidence and ability, uh, in this, in this particular tale. Right. And he, and he does get a lot of screen time, uh, showing that off. Whereas right. for example, uh, comic queen, while there's a few things that, you know, she does, right. Um, she's constantly running off ahead. It, it, that causes a problem with the mm-hmm. rest of the team. Uh, and, um, yeah, as you pointed out, bouncing boy seems all but worthless in this story. I was a little confused at, at, you know, so they travel the distance on page 27. They're, they're going forward. They're trying to find a way back. Um, and then they get attacked, but I, I almost thought they were getting attacked by a foot, uh, you know, and there's like a beam coming out of the tone. I was like, what am I looking at? And it's not until you turn the page. It's like, Oh, it's a, a citadel because she says, Oh, look, you know, there's something ahead. Uh, it's big gray. Uh, I bet there's a dominator inside and we see kind of like a silhouette, but you know, it's it, the, the establishing shot at the bottom of 27 is not good. Um, and then you turn the page and you're like, Oh, it's some kind of, you know, uh, some kind of home, some kind of base of operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you know, LaRocque has all these swirling spheres in the background, the color already. Is, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a little too much. It's a it little should, too much. yeah, it should have been that the, the, the structures obviously should have been, um, contrasted with, with the backgrounds uh, yeah. a lot, a lot more. So, yeah. Uh, right below that, I just want to point out that the, that panel with Comet Queen, you know, she, her team has just been wiped out partly because, you know, she, they were chasing after her after she zoomed off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she starts attacking them, but that, that, that shot of her face on it, she looks like a living comet right there. I thought that was a nice way to, to depict her and, and her, her emotional state at that time as well. Right. It's the one time I felt she actually had potential mm. uh, to be something to be, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's too similar to wildfire. Um, but uh, in many ways, like think of like cannonball, right. From the new mutants and, and oh, yes. the way his power works. Right. Mm-hmm. She's usually only good to make comic gases. She can fly around. She can do a few other things, but here she's explosive with rage and, and the design is actually cool. Yeah. That's a very good Greg LaRoque. You know, she's, she's almost being warped by her power. I mean, if she is a comet, okay. She should be able to, it should be not just about the gases, but she should be able to tear through blocks of material and people and spaceships. And yeah, that's Mm. awesome. Mm -hmm. So it was the one time I really felt like, Oh, She's th- she could be threatening if she if she wanted to be. In contrast, on page twenty nine, that is an awkward karate pose 
that uh, uh yeah on that second panel there yeah that doesn't even look physically possible yeah that's not very good <laughs> not very good dramatic but not not uh not anatomically correct i would think but we do get on that same page we do get a little bit of you know uh mig uh coming across a bit menacing you know he's he uh you will now point out the direction we must travel to reach the dominion or i will remove your head <laughs> and and we know he he would he would yeah. do that despite the fact that he's you know he's probably pledged not to take life and all that kind of stuff that's what we get in the next seek on page 31 where cosmic boy has to mm. step up and and be the leader and say uh you know no no we don't kill and if you want to be called karate kid you better live up to val armor's ideals not just his physical abilities mm -hmm. it makes you wonder is this the first time that mig has been tested in this way uh you know would they do they just not know that he uh, Mig carries that uh, ferocity and is willing to cross that line. I mean, yeah. it makes sense given his background right. on, on lethal. So um, uh, I, it should not be a surprise. In other words, maybe, maybe to cosmic boy because he hasn't spent much time with him, but uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to bouncing boy. For example, I would think. Well, again, what is Bouncing Boy teaching? Isn't there like no <laughs> no killing 101, you know, right. at the academy? Like that should be ingrained right from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because they're in a dire situation, but, and his old personality is kicking out, kicking back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wrote here, Comic Queen consists constantly leaping before she looks, Migs, Migs suggesting they should have killed, you know, showing cracks in his in his armor, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um yeah oddly the one that doesn't get much character spotlight through all this is night girl she actually winds up, she's you know consistent she knows how to use her powers she's she's but she's always in the background i know it's not necessarily yeah. about her but it should be in some way well she should certainly have more uh more spotlight even though she's been around for so long right and was part of the Cosmic Boy miniseries and, you know, a lot of all that stuff. You know, she's she's going to be the a member, a founding member of this team coming up here. And so she should have a little bit more to do, just as we see with Karate Kid and Comic Queen. Yeah. And I guess I guess maybe because Levitz wants to keep it a surprise for the ending, but in many ways, okay. Cosmic Boy, Bouncing Boy, and Night Girl should be the elder statesman people, you know? She should yeah. almost be like, okay, well, we had a mission like this, and this is what we did, you know? Like, yes. even you don't know about it, Cosmic Boy, because, again, they always worked in secret, right? They said, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, we, you know, we did this, and this is how the subs... So that then, by the time you got to the end, they're like, oh, that's why she suggests that they should be the sub team. Yeah. Because they just went through an adventure. You know, so. Yep. Perfect. Probably, like I said, this is, these little things is probably why as I was going through it, as I was getting, you know, you know, now we're like halfway in the, through the book. I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> I don't really feel much of an affinity to any of these, the way these characters are being handled and, and, um, 
the villains are generic, the, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, what's going to get me through? Well, okay, let me just keep reading and see what happens, you know? Yeah. If anything, the, uh, my biggest complaint about this issue is that we get a bunch of, we get a few scenes that are essentially repeats of it, uh, of themselves, mm. you know, the, the various conflicts, the physical conflicts between our, our, uh, Legion team and the dominators uh, goes on for several pages and, and, and a few scenes. So yeah. it, it doesn't really offer much of anything except as a, a way to lengthen the plot. <laughs> I would, I was all like on page 30 when you actually get to the dominator world and you get, you know, the reasoning why this one dominator has such a hankering to, to start a war. And I, I was, give me, okay, give me this caste system. Let's, let's mm-hmm. dig into it. Yeah. You know? The politics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always a fan of that when the book wants to go that way. And I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier about, you know, your perception of the dominators, um, and not having not at at the point that I read this, I had not read that the, the, those first appearances of the dominators. Mm -hmm. And so I was surprised that there was even a faction of, (laughs) of dominator society that didn't want to be conquering. Right. And so, yeah, it comes across as, as, you know, yeah, here's this thing, but, but they don't really, they don't, they don't get into it. And, you know, that kind of stuff I do find very interesting. Why, why would, why would the society be this way given, right. you know, they're called dominators. So, <laughs> right. It was also a little strange that, you know, the first time the, the subs went up against them on Cthune and they're, they're, you know, cosmic boy is tearing up the roof and tearing down the roof and they're, they're destroying the technology. And then they're like, Oh yeah, we will get it up and running again. I was like, Oh, Okay. Well, I know you need to do that because of this next sequence. You got to have a reason for why they, you know, it was a little, I thought it was a little dumb on the dominators part, right? Like uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about cosmic boy using his powers here, but, mm. and then the dominators are just like, ha we did it. And it's like, no, what did you check bodies? Did you, you know, they, they don't come across as intelligent aliens the way I don't know if they're, maybe they're not so intelligent later, but they just were craftier. They're not so crafty here. They're kind of dumb. Yeah, I yes, I agree. But I I have a I have a potential uh, answer to that. Okay. I think I think it's just arrogance. Yeah. I you know the the that dominator leader. Um, Do we ever get his name? Actually, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he just assumes that what he says goes. And all he has to do is is deal with these pesky kids and their their dog, <laughs> um, and and, and uh, of course the plan will work because well it's his plan, and he's got the big red circle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. right. <laughs> that part is very true to the dominators that I've read. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. it's not always because they didn't they describe it. Or maybe one of the letter columns. Somebody described it as a meritocracy, I guess. Uh, I think it was a letter column or, or in the actual issue, you know, like, but are they really earning that? That Do they really earn that disc? Oh, yeah. In various yeah. ways, you know? Yeah, Here, here's the, on page 30, um, from the oh, Xenos, right. Xenocivics 
2987 edition, I guess that's a book. The precise form of government of the Dominion is not definable by an Earth historical precedent. There appear to be elements of feudal and dictatorial systems commingling or commingled with a ruthless meritocracy. Yeah, that's great. Ruthless meritocracy. Isn't that, isn't that um, an oxymoron? You want to talk about Cosmic Boy's use of his powers here? Well, you know, that that is, uh, I think that's just more of the same. But, but you know, he's taking on this big warship thing. Uh, he says, pure pulling isn't enough. Have to concentrate. And we, again, we, we get to see those concentric circles um, signifying his power. They, they use that consistently. I really like that. Uh, he, but he says, use my magnetism, magnetism, magnetism more precisely. And then you see things start to be, you know, uh, conduits being pulled out of panels and, and things are breaking and whatnot. So he basically just busts the ship. Right. Instead of just trying to pull the whole thing down because it's just too powerful. I did like that uh, Meg recognized that Night Girl has some ability. You are, you are wise in the martial arts for an amateur Night Girl, but now you must stand back for a master. I mean, it's a little bit of a compliment and he takes away. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the misogyny in this team. <laughs> I had skill enough to handle this many when still on lethal. And since I have had the benefit of the sensei's lessons, you are like straw in my path. Right. Like they, they shouldn't be, they, they should be easily defeatable. I, I don't see them being uh, much of a threat. So, a physical threat. Yeah. 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 And see that, 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 you know, that's another uh, problem or problematic uh, element to to the dominators in this story is that they they all seem to rush the the legionnaires instead of using you know i mean they they, we do see them using weapons and whatnot but there's nothing about the dominators previous appearances that suggest to me that they are like like the cuns and are are about physical uh uh battle you know, right. they, they, they seem more like the, the kind that would stand back and shoot you from a distance, <laughs> but we don't get that. I mean, very little of that anyway. So yeah. it's just, it's just, again, very convenient the way that certain elements of the story progress. And then we get the main dominator. He's going to try to activate that star killer, star striker device to blow up Weber world where the, the negotiations are taking place. And that's where we get this, you know, out of off panel kind of makes sense, but you know, when did it actually happen that that bouncing boy contacted his wife duo damsel and said, Hey, we got a mission for you. Or I guess he sent it to Vizalad. As soon as Vizalad sent word to the Academy about your mission, I did what you suggested. Uh, left one of my bodies at the mission monitor board and the other went to Cthulhu with a bunch of Academy students, which I'm sure we'll talk about that page. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. (laughs) I I was, that page is fun, but I was kind of like, wait, what, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Where, Mm -hmm. how, who, what? Again, convenient. Yeah. Very convenient. Just, and, and you know, why, why, why do this? You're already introducing uh, a new team. And while we do get, sorry, if I'm jumping into it before you were ready, um, but we are, while we do have many recognizable characters, there's a few of them that are new here. Mm-hmm. So what's, 
what's the point of, uh, I guess, diluting your uh, debut for this this new subs team by throwing in all these other characters too? Right. Why wouldn't this, by the end of this, why wouldn't Cosmic Boy go, hmm, maybe I should be a teacher at the Academy? Yeah. Why is it, us, other than because it's Night Girl's suggestion, there's nothing to suggest that, well, also that the Legionnaires are off planet, but but really they're just off planet because they're being an honor guard to the treaties. Like if they knew any of this was going on, wouldn't half of them go, okay, let's go do something about it? It's not like yep. they were incapacitated, mm-hmm. you know? So um, the outcome is, I, I understand what Levitz is doing, but I, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure the path to it was was correct. Yeah. <laughs> But it gives, you know, Cosmic Boy, it gives Night Girl some hope. It gives Cosmic Boy some hope, you know. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, theoretically, you get uh, former Legionnaires, Bouncing Boy, and Duo Damsel more prominence in potential stories. Right. And you put Comic Queen on a team, finally. You know, she's been <laughs> denied so many times. Yeah. You know. uh yeah let's talk about that page that's an interesting page i had to do a lot of research with that as i'm sure you did because visually i was like what yeah yeah who who are these new new folks yeah i I definitely did that that uh that uh, investigation so i'm curious if what you found too because i i came up with with a blank on at least one of these all right well let's go so from the left i initially thought what is shadow kid Mm -hmm. um I initially was like, wait, is that Crystal Kid the way he used to look? Or is it Shadow uh, Lad? Yeah. Or Sha- it's Shadow Lad, yeah. No, Shadow Kid. Oh, it's Shadow Kid? I never remember. So, okay. So I, I did that too. I was like, my when I wrote wrote it out, I wrote Shadow Lad. And then right. as I was doing doing the research, everything identifies him as Shadow Kid. And I don't remember uh, what he's ad- identified as in in his Who's Who entry. Yeah, it's Shadow but, Kid. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah, because I think I think they I think they use Shadow Lad and Shadow Kid interchangeably at times, mm. which is part of the problem here. But yeah. yeah, I that's interesting. I had I didn't picked up on the Crystal Kid thing because the last time I saw him, he had short hair. Well, yeah, th- like I said, it's the way Crystal Kid used to look. But mm. you know, the design of the costuming, it, it is Shadow Kid. It's just it's uh the hair is it just threw me you're not seeing it in color so it's not you don't see oh, yeah. skin mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um the tall person is uh, uh never has never been named mm-hmm. um this is uh did we see him in fort in 24 I, th- I can't remember now if we saw him in 24 or not some someone did refer to him as a uh, uh, Her- Herculean looking yeah. character. So that's, that's, that's my unofficial name for him. He's the Herculean. Herculean, Herculean boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he does make some appearances. Oh yeah, no, no, he is in 24. Oh, is he? Yeah. He, um, he looks different. I don't know if you can see it here. See him in the purple and the white here, but he has the, Oh, the, that guy. Okay. Yeah. He has the, uh, striping things. Yes. Okay. He's just a little bit colored differently. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll skip over Laurel for now. All right. Okay. Then we have Power Boy. 
What, wait a minute. We got somebody in between. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to go to. He, oh, okay. Okay. That's like, a, you know, Far, Feral Lad 2, uh, Feral Lad 3. Oh, okay. okay. That, that's what I was. I was wondering if you <laughs> thought the same thing, because that's that's what it suggests to me is it's, sure. it's, this is another Feral Lad looking character. Yeah. It's, again, no coloring to him. He doesn't look like any of the Academy members we, we've seen. So, mm -hmm. And he's not described anywhere. So, right. You know, if this was Steve Lido, we would know exactly who everybody is. <laughs> then we get Power Boy. He looks a little different. Sometimes he has a, a the lapels, the collars. Oh, yeah, Sometimes that's right. he doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he left. I thought he left the Academy when he wasn't picked. I thought he did too. I, I swear I read that somewhere. And then here he is again. Uh, and then next to him is Mandal Mandala. Mm -hmm. Her this is uh, her first appearance. Although you could make the argument that she's also in Twenty Four because there's some green girls around there, and it's like, mm. yeah, you could say that's her. But they're saying <laughs> this is her first appearance. I think she's just a little too close to Mandala. Oh right, yeah. Mandala, Mandala. Yeah, yeah, she has psionic powers. And, yeah. You know, it's like, no, that's not good. Uh, next to her is a, a character known as Westerner, mm -hmm. who also is in issue 24, although the DC Wiki says this is his first appearance. It is not, because I'm looking right at page uh, issue 24, and he's there. Uh, we don't know what he is. He's maybe some kind of like Captain America of the future or something. Uh, what I've read somewhere is that he has uh, energy absorption abilities that give him strength and stamina. So, right. yeah. Makes no <laughs> sense with the name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like Westerner, why does he have the eagle motif? You know, mm -hmm. that, it's almost like he's, he should be like a Nightwing mixed with Captain America kind of character. Yeah. yeah. The hooded girl, that's Nightwind. The one floating above, that's Lamprey, mm -hmm. Duo Damsel. Um, finally found the name for that little creature that likes to eat tech. His name is Urk. Urk, yep. yeah. <laughs> because uh, I think it, it said that's the name or the, the sound it makes Yeah. whenever he's, he's actually uh, said anything. Right. So. And then Laurel, Laurel Kent, sporting for the first time, clothing. <laughs> one clothing and two <laughs> right two uh a, a super a super costume with the s sigil and it, it's very much a super uh man super boy that's what i wanted to say but it's a, it's more of a superman suit than anything else yeah and what yeah i i'm saying that she knows that superboy was killed and she's she's honoring her ancestor okay finally donning the costume that's my but but, but is it, it i i think that's true but but it uh given what you've said before about uh superboy and um uh post-crisis uh continuity mm -hmm. is is does she would she consider superboy an ancestor she probably has questions mm. Does she say Superboy? Or does she say Superman? She says Superman because she, in her first appearance, she was supposed to look exactly like Lois Lane, right? Okay. Wasn't that the whole thing that I thought 
that she yeah. looked like Lois Lane. Um, so if she's a descendant, was she? I think she was more a descendant of Superman than Superboy. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. So, which that would make sense that she's finally embracing her her lineage. But yeah, right. I, I I like that the extra layer that you uh, threw on there that you know with with uh, Superboy's death. I mean, obviously the costume's the same, so right. That that makes. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, and that also means that she's the only one who seems to be acknowledging uh, beyond issue 38 right. that Superboy has died. For now, yeah. You're, yeah. I hope. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's an interesting choice. I, I really would love to know, is it, was that... Uh, Paul Levitz, who said, put her in that costume? Was that Greg LaRoque, who was like, yeah, I'll do it, you know? So, so apparently, let's see, Superboy meets her in 2976 in a story, let's see, Superboy 217. Uh, and he saves her from, from being hit by a train, and she introduces herself as Elna, at the time, which is an anagram for Lane. Mm. And some, you know, I think that's, I'm assuming that's a, a correct thing. I've, I know I've looked through that issue, but I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Same. And that she remembered, she says she was a direct descendant of Superman. Superman. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that all makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm really curious, are we going to see her? Well, I know we see her in an upcoming issue, <laughs> but not in, in, in the way that I would like to see it. Right. So I'm curious if we're going to see her continue to wear that, uh, that Superman costume. Yeah. I think this is the only time we see it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, once again, and then we get the epilogue. You want to talk us through the epilogue here? So I think you've, you've mentioned it, uh, before, but, um, uh, we get that conversation between night girl and cosmic boy. Uh, you know, she says, <laughs> again, doesn't it make you want to be an active legionnaire again? She's, she won't just give this up. Um, but you know, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool that causing boy said, well, he says, no, not really. Uh, but, she, but he tells her Santa girl has gone that route, but I always thought she would, if you want to join and she she quickly cuts him off not without you so at least there is that you know she she is committed to the idea of being a superhero a legionnaire if if she can be but only if she can do it with cosmic boy which you know mm -hmm. maybe that's not not the most healthy relationship but um <laughs> anyway he says i uh, i was right to resign lita uh he didn't feel like himself during the whole battle with the time trapper, which I found that bit of dialogue curious. I, I understand, you know, that could be just a reaction to things uh, being, uh, you know, thrown for a loop about the, what you thought was history, what you thought was who Superboy was and what he was all about. Um, and then finding out that, you know, everything, everything that you thought you knew was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm not quite understanding the, I didn't feel like myself during the whole battle with the time trapper. So is there, do you have any thoughts on that? Or is this, is this just something that Levitz is throwing in here to, 
uh, foreshadow something. Maybe because he wasn't, I, I, I really didn't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can, is it because he was sort of in the background for a lot of that or, or not in control? Cosmic Boy's not used to being in control and that whole storyline was very chaotic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they were more reacting than acting. Yeah, very true. And and as he says this, it, they're walking right in front of what looks like to be a statue of Superboy. Yeah. And that's anyway. where I was like, that's where I was like, okay, finally we mm-hmm. know that this is after that whole stuff. That's good. Right, right. Uh, they compliment each other, uh, you know, Nightgirl saying, I'll, I'll abide by your decision. And he, he, he appreciates her solidarity. Uh, but it's only because I agree to your other suggestion and set up this meeting. And, and we get that on the final page of the story. We, we see the members of that team that we've been following through the annual sitting around a table. Uh, oh, with, with duo damsel now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, Welcome to the new Legion of Substitute Heroes. We're going to be different from the old subs. No secrecy, no regular meetings or headquarters, just a backup since we proved to ourselves we could stand in for the real Legion if we had to. And we can do it again if they ever need us, right? And they all stand up cheering, right? Which is kind of funny considering he was, at first he was like, what are you guys doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, also just that, who was proving anything? Why? Where was that coming into play? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, I, I guess you could kind of say, you know, that the 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 academy members are trying to prove themselves. Sure. But that's not quite what he's getting at there. Yeah. And I mean, or, started, or go go ahead. Well, I was gonna say he he doubted their abilities to begin with, and then mm. you know maybe. Well, and maybe he's also this. Maybe this goes back to the thing that I was just asking about, maybe he's, he's been doubting himself yeah, and, and his role in, in, in this era of the Legion. And uh, even though he's not um, actually spoken about it out loud. So when you got to that, what, what was your initial, what was your reaction once you got there? Um, I, I was just, I was actually quite excited for the possibility. What, what are they, what could they, what could they do with the characters? Right. Um, what are we going to see that, how are they going to interact with the others? Oh, uh, uh, you know, what, what would the other, um, uh, the other Academy members, what were the, what would the other former subs think of all this? You know, <laughs> they weren't asked to join or they haven't been asked to join or, you know, just, just the, the inter, uh, dynamics of all that, you know, what, you know, with uh, polar boy being the leader of the Legion, a former sub who, who disbanded the subs to join the Legion. And now the fat, one of the founders of the Legion is, is reforming his old subs team um, with a different sort of mission. Just, just, it would just be so much fun to have these little conversations or little, little jabs, you know, between them or whatever. So yeah, it, that kind of stuff uh, would be kind of cool to see. But again, I don't think we are. Just as, Polar Boy inherits the Legion. The founding member of the Legion inherits the subs. I mean, that's just that's just crazy, crazy talk. It has a bit of uh, poetic symmetry I, yeah. that I like. Yeah. And then it wraps up with pinups uh, similar to the pinups that we got in issue seventeen of all these characters, which they're fine. 
I took something. So I read the letter column for this issue in issue number 44, and there wasn't much that I pulled from, but I had um, Paul Levitz wrote in response to a letter about, oh, what did they say? It was something about like, why don't you use some of the sillier characters or something like that? And he says, Levitt says, we admit an occasional longing for the simpler days ourselves, but they're hard to recapture and keep, they're hard to recapture and keep a contemporary audience. Mm-hmm. I read that too. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And it, and it almost made me like think of this issue in a slightly different way, right? Like he obviously was not going to put the Keith Giffen stamp on this because that's not <laughs> what he wants to do. And that's also not what he's really referring to, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But the days of arm fall off boy and, and you know. No, no, because arms fall off boy is in the new movie. Well, Come on. But we, you know, <laughs> you know, the cycle continues. You know, right. we always, That's we true. always go back again. Uh, <laughs> so I, so I took his point and, and, and I've said it before. He's a, he's a, a, a little bit more of a clinical writer. He's a little bit more by the books, you know, sort of dot the everything, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's, you know, mm-hmm. not so emotional as opposed to situational. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that comment. It's it, it's interesting, though, because. Is it is it based on that they've tried to do certain things like that, not necessarily with Legion, but, you know, DC Comics generally back then, and it they were not su- successful or. Is it that um, as other creators came in, especially during the eighties and, and, you know, they, they tried different things and, and matured, you know, titles and characters and situations. um, Are they just assuming because those sell well, that the audience doesn't want those sillier aspects that we had uh, seen before. Right. In, I mean, the book is very popular right now in 87. So, and they just went through the crisis. So the whole idea was to get rid of the silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, this is a, this is a serious medium right. comic book, serious Super, superhero comic books. <laughs> uh, funny. I did note, uh, speaking of the letter column in issue 44, uh, the letters uh, that they printed were generally positive about the team, the subs team, uh, though they did, I noticed, disagree about the who should be on the subs roster. So. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Bill, uh, one of the letter writers, uh, said, you've established a little more competent battle-ready team in comparison. Uh, to which I was like, "Curse you, Giffen! You've you've tainted the the subs forever." <laughs> um, but I did like Bill's idea of using the subs to sub in for legionnaires needing to take t- time off, so mm. you could rotate them in when needed. I mean, you could, I guess you could really just extrapolate that to the Legion Academy too, because that would give them much better experience working as a legionnaire than going off on some science police sanctioned. Right. Repair job. Right. So if they, or if they get injured and need to step out, you know, they, yeah. always, before they hire, before they got the 
the new five, they were often saying, oh, we're down to 19 members. I was like, well, that's a big group, you know, but they're like 19. <laughs> okay, well, there's your opportunity. If somebody goes down, mm-hmm. you call up whatever academy member that either resembles their powers or you feel is the most ready. That would be, that'd be amazing. I'd love to yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a I, great suggestion. I, yeah. So I'm curious, did, did they ever, you know, future, uh, uh, legion series did they ever pick up on that and, and do anything with it because that i think that's a yeah. brilliant oversight right uh that they they should have done something with right let's let's rewrite decades of legion comics to make that happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's smart it's very smart uh uh letter writer rin i think did i spell that right uh pointed out that night girl's outfit was different on the cover than in the issue which i had totally missed hmm. And I think, and then finally, Paul tells us that uh, issue 40, which at the time was only a few weeks out from when the annual came out, uh, will feature the return of the new Starfinger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, Peter. I'm not looking forward to that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Not my favorite uh, new or uh, uh, reimagined villain uh, in the Legion, Legion lore. Well, we'll have to see. <laughs> All right, so we put this one to sleep, put this to bed. I think I think we're done with this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of the next episode, we could jump to the regular sequence again, Legion of Superheroes issue 40, or coming February 7th, 2023, the Legion of Superheroes animated movie. Oh. So... Peter's throwing me for a loop here. Are you getting that? <laughs> you getting a physical copy of that? Is that uh, how you're going to watch it? Uh, I haven't oh. ordered it. I can tell you that I was going to oh. order it. I didn't realize it was coming out then. If, so with our, uh, we're recording on January 28th, so it's not that far away. Yeah. So whatever episode we put out next, that's what we're going to do. It'll be a surprise for everybody. I wonder, you know, sometimes I wonder this, Peter, do, do, uh, the, the folks who listen to the show, do they listen as we release them or do they just listen to the main, uh, the main part of the main book or the main series, right. Where we're talking about the, the, the numbered issues and they skip over things like this, where we announce such things. Right. <laughs> and, the, and they don't know what we're doing. Yeah, so maybe, you know, if they're like me. I, even with my podcasting, I got to do things in order. Mm-hmm. If you, if you have a 200 episode podcast and I jumped in at 176 or I've discovered you at one set, I got to go back to episode one. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. I, Cause I got to hear the continuity. I got to hear oh. how you develop. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the who's who page because there's nothing. Oh, no, really we talk did. about. Hey, you're right. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Nothing yeah, there, there is. I, I basically have no notes. It's it's Greg LaRoque and Mike DiCarlo. It's it's not the best group shot. It's the the title, logo design, font design is bland. They're just they just need you know. It's a revised uh, entry because it's a different makeup from what they featured in the first volume of Who's Who. So okay, and so that was my only note. Why is not why is Duo Damsel not listed with the team? So was that. That was, was that a late addition on Levis's part in the annual? Maybe. Cause this came out first. 
and you know she's not she really wasn't part of the first adventure sure she was but she wasn't but yeah uh yeah. that's all i have uh uh let's see here did you notice so the cover is by eduardo barreto and as far as i could tell only karate kid is shown on the cover comic queen is too is she, oh oh you're right i just i just saw her just as you started to say that okay right. so there you go right because the other members had entries mm-hmm. in volume one. That's mm-hmm. yeah. so. funny. I totally missed her. And she's much more prominent on the back cover than Karate Kid is. Right. He's like hiding in the back. <laughs> he was like an afterthought. Oh, well. So, yeah, we'll do we'll do more of that. Um, we're digging into the Who's Who update. We have plans on down the road how to do the Who's Who and the Legion of Superheroes, which is mentioned in the letter column of that issue of who's who update mm-hmm. um but we'll just whenever we see a legion entry we will discuss it and that brings this episode to a close yes it, yes it does all right <laughs> thank you for joining us for this tales episode if you want to reach out peter at the daily or longboxreview at gmail.com and as we mentioned Next episode will either be a Tales or a Legion of or a Legion Project episode. We don't know just yet, but stick around and find out. All right, Eric. See you next time. All right. Have a good one, Peter. <laughs>